Hello, everyone. So, uh, yeah, it's, th it's thunderstorming here in the great state of Pennsylvania. So at any point, um, we could see, I don't know, if, if, I, if I lose electricity, we should be fine. We're on a, a laptop that should be running, but we won't have Wi-Fi. So we'll know it. You'll know it for sure. Just switch over quickly to my phone Wi-Fi if we lose electricity. But we're going we're gonna to try to do our best here. The show will be ending very quickly if that happens. Yes. Yes, you'll know right away. Um, okay, very good. So um, I've got a couple of fun things today to talk about um, from Reddit that I found today, which is kind of nice. Um, and uh, yeah, let's go from there. So um, you guys have anything fun to talk about to start the show? We should just start on. Well, it. no, we should start with the, start with Russ's uh, tour of the poutinery yesterday. Yeah. So oh, uh, wait, well, hold on. Yes, explain what happened here. Sorry. So Anthony, well, first off, I want to tell people. I'm wearing the uh, American Humane Association shirt. I'm actually part of their rescue team, so it's not like I just bought it. I actually was trained for it. So I do recommend them highly. We'll just go with that. But okay. for, for the poutinery, we, um, there's a place called Smokes, which they're popular in Canada and Montreal and Toronto. And, and I guess there's a few locations now in the U.S., and Philly's got one. Really? And, yes. So Anthony and I went there, but I went there with the – instruction that I was going to, you know, for myself, that I was going to eat the vegan gravy because they have a vegan gravy. And so like this created like a stir on, on Twitter because you get all the vegan bashing, like you bash with your wife, same thing. And, <laughs> and, and so all the vegan bashing and look, I'm not eating a vegan dish. Like there was cheese in it. I eat cheese. I just, some things I do eat vegan, but obviously I wasn't going to eat pork based or beef based gravy. It was great. By the way, the fries were awesome. The cheese curds were really good, and the gravy was really good. I even brought one home for my wife, and that's how good it was, and she liked it. And so what I did was I kept it all separate. Mike is cringing, but, you know, Mike just doesn't understand the that if something's good, it's good. He's just got this preconceived notion because no. he's had it in Buffalo that it's going to be the same here. No, and it might I be. had it in Toronto, and I tried it. I gave it – like everybody was like, Poutine is great. You got to try it. Yeah, and did you get it at the same place that I'm talking about? Let's explain what poutine is for people because poutine, not poutine is basically uh, French fries with, uh, as Russ said, cheese curds, which is a different consistency of re than regular cheese. It's like it's mo more I, to me. It's more. Uh, it's less elastic than cheese when you melt it. It's it, well, it, maybe the Canadian version. See, here's the other difference, Mike. They're using Wisconsin cheese curds here in the States because they obviously don't want to import Canadian cheese. Right. Uh, and, and, and gravy. Now, in Buffalo, you know, since I've grown up, I mean, around here, you know, like one of the places, most places would all have fries, fries with gravy. And, you know, fine. It's not my cup of tea, cup of tea. I, but I gave poutine a chance. I went up to Toronto. It wasn't the place that you went to, Russ, but it was another place. Okay. And tried poutine, and I thought it was gross. I just I didn't like it. See, but I'm saying everybody's gravy is probably different. Yeah. Try this places, and this places has American cheese. Like, here's the funny thing. I always make this joke when I'm in Canada. When you're in Canada, you never see on the menu American cheese. Right. They just they don't want to put it, but they obviously use it because there's no Canadian cheese substitute. 
See, <laughs> I, I, I admit, I, I admit, I'm strange. But they do make you. No, 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 no. Let, let, let me finish that 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 yeah. that that stream of consciousness. I admit that I'm strange when we have Thanksgiving. When, by the way, Thanksgiving in the states is in November. In the in Canada, it's in October. Yes. And we have turkey, and we have turkey with stuffing and gravy. I put my gravy in a cup and I dunk the turkey in the gravy rather than pour it all over my plate and mess things up. I don't like the mess. That's one thing. <laughs> wait, wait. So you don't like the gravy when it meets when it intersects with the mashed potatoes? No, I don't. I put butter on my mashed. I put butter on my mashed. Yeah, yeah you got, you got, you got to. Um, What's I, wrong I, with you? <laughs> I put butter on my mashed potatoes. I don't do put session, gravy man. in my mashed. Yeah, you got to do a sessions on this whole thing. And, and yeah, food yourself, so, so, whatever. So uh, this, this there's something that happened in your childhood, Mike, that makes you act this way. <laughs> no, but I but I like French fries. You don't like mashed potatoes and gravy. You gotta reglaze yourself. No, I like I like butter in my mashed potatoes. I like a little maybe some you know little sour cream or, or whatever you know. But but yeah, not you can still have the butter in the mashed potatoes when you make them, and then put the gravy on them, and it's really good. No, but I I like my French fries. With malt vinegar, like the English style, with malt vinegar and my, my buffalo tw twist on it. Either I dunk them in hot sauce or in blue cheese. That's me. All right, I like French fries with mayonnaise, which is like a European thing. That's a European um, thing. Yeah. And I do, but I do like it. It's really delicious. But I will also say that I will not eat mashed potatoes without gravy. In okay. Chicken. Like that to me. Which is, I understand. I do. That to me is a major thing. Like, and you know, my my family used to we used I used to get on them about this because we would have the biggest Thanksgiving dinners ever huge amounts of things and like the smallest amount of gravy for an entire table, which to me was like, you know, not acceptable. So that's, that doesn't happen anyway. But yeah, but no, I think that at, at this place, where in Philly is it? Where is it located? It's in, um, it's in, it, it's right by the theater of the living arts. So it's off of, um, that's South right. street. And so it's easy to find. Actually, when I was eating there, a lot of people didn't know about it. One girl, like was mouthing to me from walking by. She's literally walking by. She's like, how is it? And I put my thumb up and she's like, great. Kept walking, like didn't even miss a beat. <laughs> Another couple walked in and said, do you have a menu? And they're like, no. And it's like, it's up on the board. And then they're like, well, what the hell is this place? Like they had to be explained to them. What I think is funny too, and I put a picture up on my Instagram on Sportsology, um, the guy's face, the smokes guy, has a, he has his picture over the the rocky, um, basically the rocky body, and so and I laughed at that. I thought that's hilarious for Philly. And so you know, I think and and the music there was like '90s metal. Really? So we walked in and it was like Judas Priest, and then we heard <laughs> Rat, and then we heard like Ozzy. See. <laughs> rat, 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 rat is perfect because if I ate poutine, my stomach would go round and round. Uh, they weren't <laughs> playing that song, and they played Queen's right too. A little, oh, little Operation Mindcrime. There you go. Oh boy! All right, let's get going here. Ready? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm I'm picking up my drink into this bottle tomorrow. I'm, I'm really oh, Jesus. dropping the dog off. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. We'll call the Center for Disease Control. Yes. Um, Oh, oh, so a quick, quick, little quick uh, housekeeping stuff. So on Patreon, if you, you know, like we said, if you if you become a Patreon member before, I'm going to say the end of next week, we're, we'll do, a, you know, we'll do something special for you guys as well. So patreon.com slash hockey. It's going on now. There's a, if you become a member, then you can read the post. And I put a post in there today about how to like, how to get me your address and how to get me things like that. So 
check it out for sure. That's good stuff. And um, I won't be in next week. I'm going to be accompanying my daughter to the Maccabi Games in Miami, where she's, which is like um, it's a really cool um, Olympics type thing. She's playing for Team Philly, defending their gold medal from last year, which was in St. Louis. So I will be in Miami. I may pop in, of course, you know, as the show as the week goes on, depending on you know what happens. But um, I'm sure I'll pop in. It'd be hard not to. I'll be vlogging and everything like that still. But but uh, Mike and uh, Russ will be running the show for the most part next yep. week. So, uh, it'll be fun, fun stuff. Um, so let's get going. Here we go. Ready? Hockey world. And I'm sitting. I'm sitting back today because I have a a, a a terrified dog on my lap who's afraid of the thunderstorm. Thunderstorm. So you see her. I'm not. This is this is actually dog is real. She's just completely. Terrified of the thunderstorm, so she will not leave my side. Here we go. Ready? Hello, Hockey World. It's Wednesday, August 2nd, 2017. I'm president of the Anti-Putin Alliance, Michael Agello. I'm a disgusted Russ Cohen. <laughs> and I'm Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast, HockeyBuzz.com. It's the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And uh, interesting thing here... Um, coming out now is a report that Yarmir Yager may have been promised a contract from the Panthers at the end of the season last year. And um, yet, um, of course, has none right now. And I don't think is getting one. There's been a lot of changes with the Panthers. So I'm curious. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a regime change there. Right. Well, it's a qu the question is, who made the promise? If it was Tom it Rowe. It doesn't even matter, though, right? No, no, no. no. I, I think it does. Because if it's Tom Rowe and he's no longer there or his – his situation is, you know, minimized. Then the promise is not worth anything. If it was Dale Talon and he's the general manager now, and and he abrogated a promise, then I think it's I think it stinks. If it's the Come owner, on. we're in the twenty first century. Who who believes in the handshake agreement anymore? Anybody? Yeah. I do, but you know, I think that, and I think a lot of, I mean, you definitely do see it in in the business world. It's it not nearly as as prevalent for sure. I agree with you there. Um, but yeah, this is. It's just, I'm a little suspicious of this too. I mean, you know, not to say that Lock. I mean, I th not that Yager's lying or anything, but I think what be, what could be happening here is maybe perhaps like a misunderstanding of. That's what I think this is. This is. I think this is that conversation that we've talked about before. Yeah. Like when the agent talks to the team and they sort of butter you up and say, "Yeah, we really like him. We're thinking about bringing him back for next year." You know, maybe it went something like that. But yeah. to me, that doesn't constitute anything. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too, and yeah, I think that's exactly it. It's more along the lines of we'd love to bring you back, right? Um, but not like you know that doesn't mean we're going to get you. We're going to give you a contract. Just of course we'd love to bring you back. We've got to see where we are. Um, and I don't think there's a real huge rush for Yager, you know, personally to pick a team here. Um, although I'm sure he wants to. He wants to know he's still playing. I don't think he's. I don't, here's the thing. I don't think he gets to pick a team anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He's not in that position now. And I think the Yager could be the kind of player who, you know, he could wait a little while even into the season. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if that happens. I mean, he doesn't – obviously, you know, each year he's gotten less effective as the year goes on, I think, you know. And he tends yeah, to that's why I think the out. Olympic thing makes sense. I think if we don't see him in the first couple months of the season, I could see him walking onto the Olympic team and then right after the Olympics get a job and be more yeah. effective just as yeah. But the only way is if he maintains that work ethic that he's – had over the last few years. I mean, if you're a guy who who knows that you're going to not play in the NHL until March, and you psychologically sort of sort of just 
go off on one direction. And, you know, you come back in March and you have lost another step or two and you're not as physically fit as you were, your career is over with. I mean, I think he needs to sign with somebody and play through the season for him to be a a contributor. I get the point, you know, it's the Matt Sundin thing from a few years ago where, you know, he was a UFA, he came back in January, and you know what? He was not the same. And he was five years younger than Yarmar Yager. So I think for Yager to be a contributor – for him to continue his career, maybe he's not going to be a twenty-five or twenty to twenty-five goal scorer anymore. But if he wants to continue his career, I think he's got to hook up with a team at the beginning of the year and play out the season. I mean, he's shown a picture of himself shirtless. He's still in great shape. Yeah, I'm sure the legs are still pretty good. I I think you know. Look, can he be out there for long shifts? No. Can he be out there for twenty-five minutes a game? No. Or even twenty minutes a game? Probably not. I mean, you yeah. probably want to use him ideally as like a 13-minute player, right? And I think what you and you and you want to, you want to make sure that he is out there helping your younger players and right. he's like a, he's like a player coach at this point. Yeah, yeah. wouldn't be shocked. Drew Boracek. I mean, if you ever just want to interview two players and ask the impact that Yager had on them, go for it. I'm oh, sure yeah. there's four finals, but they had a huge impact in Philadelphia, you know, and. And I, you know, and if, if the if injuries fall with certain teams, you know, and he goes to the Olympics, he could end up, you know, if it's being like a being a good pickup for somebody, like almost a trade deadline acquisition, and then he doesn't have to play as much. The hard thing of that, I think, for him would be kind of what you're saying, Mike, in terms of like if he doesn't play, right? You know, at, at his age, he's got to he's got to really work hard to stay in shape. Right. Hey, I've got breaking news. It's loosely related to hockey. All right, go ahead. So. Queen Elizabeth, who's in charge of Canada, um, <laughs> she drinks four alcoholic drinks a day. She does. Yeah, like that seems that seems like on the edge of a lot, but she's doing pretty good. So, like you know, yeah, no, she's. I don't know. I'm my wife. That's what my wife does. Um, <laughs> but she's married to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes more. Sometimes less. That was. That, that yeah, was George, George, George Burns smoked cigars till he was 92. Doesn't mean it. There's a definite genetic component to yes. all that stuff, you know, that, you know, you're definitely giving yourself a better shot by being a vegetarian, not smoking and all that stuff for sure. But there's a genetic. 91. At that point, it yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> well, it's right. No. And, you know, and, and she come and, and obviously, you know, kings and queens, I mean, when you go through history, not to get too far off the topic, but. They drank a ton, you know, like there was, right. like, I mean, there was, if you want to, if you want to hear about drinking, you got to read Ben Franklin's biography. And that oh, was like, yeah. I mean, those guys in the colonial times, they just, I mean, granted it was the only safe thing to do, but really the only safe drinks they could get, but they had, I mean, they were, they were breakfast, lunch, dinner, in between meals. And at night they were drinking constantly. No joke. When I was leaving Philly yesterday, Ben Franklin jaywalked in front of my car. <laughs> And I'm thinking, would yeah. he would like would the guy who plays Ben Franklin ever get a ticket from the police for jaywalking? Like that would be like a big headline, wouldn't it? Ben Franklin gets jaywalking ticket. Like it would be great. As well, <laughs> he'd get a ticket unless he was flying a kite at the same time. No, but he looked like he was getting to something across the street, some sort of you know, right? Thing that, you know, probably the guided tour that he does probably does twenty of them a day, and so <laughs> there's a couple of them, um, but you know, it's it's a little bit like Santa. Um, okay, but you know, so there are a couple of them, but there's the ones who are really good. Ben Franklin's. I mean, I'm convinced that if somebody looks like Ben Franklin in the in the world, they end up coming to Philadelphia and getting work. You know, that's like yeah. what you can do. 
Um, all right, so moving back right. to hockey. Back to hockey. Um, by the way, watch The Crown, the, the, the show The Crown. That's that's all about Queen Elizabeth. It's really, really good. Um, if, you, if you like historical, which you would love, Mike. Have you seen The Crown? I've seen The Crown. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, I thought. Yes, really. and you know, the only thing I find, the only thing that I find, as usual with most historical um, um, films or historical miniseries, the the female who plays Queen Elizabeth is much more attractive than the actual Queen Elizabeth. And now you're ripping Queen Elizabeth. And Queen, no, and Queen Elizabeth is not an unattractive woman, but this. No, no, you're digging yourself a ditch here, Mike. But the, but the girl who plays her, her name is Claire. Oh, Floyd, yeah, I mean, she didn't grow up. Very in, attractive. She also probably, Queen Elizabeth, the real Queen Elizabeth probably never had braces either, you know? <laughs> but I do agree with you. Um, all right, so. Wow, you guys are ripping on the Queen. Unreal. A couple of fun things I wanted to get into today. Uh, first of all, Babcock was probably watching our uh, show yesterday because he came out with a quote. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Yes. Um, on the Leafs' success and, uh, and Matthews. This is a Sportsnet story. Um, and... You know, he, he comes out and says, one year does not, doesn't make a career. Mm-hmm. He should have, you know, done it the right way. One year does not a career make. He said, one year does not make a career. <laughs> and uh, so he's not crowning, crowning him as the next. So this is this article by um, my sonny, Sajdeva. Sajdeva, right? I would say his name. I don't know. I'm anyway, not sure about that pronunciation. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a really good story. It's on Sportsnet. I've got to stop it from playing right now. It's going to. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's really and you know so we talked about this yesterday. If you go back to yesterday. Just close the window. Right. Close it. it. I can't stop it. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm trying. All right, so we had a good discussion yesterday with um, Kevin Allen and Tom Laidlaw of Laidlaw and Allen the podcast, which you have to mm-hmm. watch. Um, we had a good talk with them yesterday about about Matthews. And McDavid, where we had all kind of said that Matthews might be ahead of my question I asked last week about the 35, you know, 2035 top 100 list. Um, they actually were both in the McDavid in the McDavid camp as to who, that he would be ahead on that list. You know, even after we discussed the factors that we, you know, that involve are involved. But yeah, um, but, but but Kevin agreed with my with my uh, approach that if you know the Leafs are right. better set up to and 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 I think that you know if. I mean, I think most people think McDavid's going to score more points in his career, but there's a distinct possibility that the Leafs could win more Stanley Cups with Matthews than 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 Edmonton with McDavid. And if that's the case, then I think that the 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 lesser points will be made up by the number of championships. And the fact that I think Matthews will, you know, unless there's a dramatic change in and McDavid is a great player and and probably can uh, later in his career be a better defensive player than he is right now. He's a pretty good defensive player, but he's a better defense. He could be a better defensive player, but Matthews already at 19 years old is a very good two-way player and has the size to be as well as a great offensive center to be a guy who could shut down another, another forward. So, you know, I, I, I think that the, I think that Matthews could be, could be on par or even ahead of McDavid, depending on the Leafs winning Stanley cups. You know, I think here's the funny thing about Matthews. If he ever slows down, I think he can make a living in the crease like Phil Esposito. Yeah, like he's got like a lot of those guys did because he has the hands for it too. So that's just another. That is that is very true because his his he's got he's more than just, his hands are so good and his his presence around the net is so yeah. strong. Um, he does have like that even though the, the Phil Esposito slash like Tim Kerr type thing about yeah. him. Yeah. 
Right. And, and, when he loses his speed. And he's got the passing ability to, you know, I mean, I don't think he's as great a passer as Joe Thornton, but you no. know, Joe Thornton has lost has lost his has lost a lot of his speed. And I think Matthews can could in the second half of his career be like that as a playmaker. Yeah. Yeah. Um the New Jersey Devils are gonna retire Patrick Ilias's number twenty-six um, um on February twenty-fourth. And um so Patrick Ilias, who some you know were wondering if he was going to return or not, um, you know he's, he's sort of as I don't did he officially retire? I don't remember him saying he was officially. I think, I think, I think in the last month he officially. Okay, I, I must have missed it because I know he was trying to get back to play one more time. Um, one of the and I just want to talk about Ilias for a second because he's one of the most underrated players of of our time. I think just in terms of what he brought. I mean, he is a huge part. At times, was the best, most skilled forward on a team that won Stanley Cups. You know, like he, he really was, and and you know, he he really much flew. He very much flew under the radar. Even on All Star teams, when you'd walk in the locker room, he was flying under the radar. Yeah, he just is, and he was so, you know, he, he just he and he was such a big part of that. You know, and it's good for the. Also, I also couldn't help but laugh about like the Devils retiring numbers, which I think. It's something that you know they they were doing. I, I know they've retired. I believe they have retired Niedermeyer's number and Stevens' number, correct? Yeah, I believe they have. Niedermeyer's uh, number, right? But this will be the first forward, right? I think that is, and Danenko, I think, is retired too, if I remember right. Danenko, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the history of the Devils, I mean, how many? Yeah, I mean, they haven't most, had a lot of high scoring forwards. Patrick Gasol is their best. He's probably their number one scorer of all time, right? And. Well, in, in, most of their most of their uh, forwards have been sort of transigent, where they come in for a few years. Yeah. I mean, Eliash is the one who stayed the longest; said he was a lifetime devil. But guys like McGillney came in for three or four years and then left. So yeah, I mean, who do you think of as the big devils forwards over the years? You know, after Eliash, it's like it's hard. Like I think of like Bobby Holik, who was there for a John Mc, John McClain. John McClain, who's not you know really he's like a really a second line player in a lot of ways. I'd, I'd say Ben Thompson. That's why we say Ben Thompson. Ben Thompson. I'm like, what the heck is that? I know. Um, He's a devil. Look it up. Jim Dowd. How about how about how about, <laughs> Neil, how about yeah? How about Rocky <laughs> Trache and Neil Brady? How about that? Yeah. No, I just think that there have that. There's been so few. I mean, Yager, right? I mean, yeah. I guess you know, we think Cole of Yager almost, and he was the devil for towards the you know towards the. Cole <laughs> Duke wasn't there long enough. It's true. They really. There's not. The base of offensive talent, yet they still won cups. But really, it was it was on defense in the net, right? That that's produced they, they, a lot of their greatness. They oh, did. Yeah, so. they, they didn't need a lot of goals to to win games. They, they you know it's like score three goals and you're going to win on most nights, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, no, and they, and they. Uh, I mean, I remember, you know, there was a real. I mean, you know, I guess I guess what the Gianta, you know, like he's another mm -hmm. one. But you know, these are all. Yeah. They're all kind of grinding scores, you know. Like they're all like we think about. You. But Ilyash was probably. Yeah, Claude Lemieux, you know, if if you wanted to get to that next level of guy, Claude Lemieux is the guy. Yeah. Because he meant more yeah. than just scoring to that team. Yeah. He really did, he, and he and he definitely he helped that team win, you know, win Stanley Cups for no, no question about it. Yeah, I mean, he was an intimidator. He was a pain in the ass. He was a scorer. He. He deflected in the locker room. Like he did a lot of things for that franchise. I'm looking up the like Devils scoring leaders, just because I was curious. Um, Devils career leaders. Here we go. 
So um, just in point. Peter Sakura. So yes, Sakura would be would be a guy that might be up there in points. Jason Arnott. All right, so points. Um, oh, there's one we're forgetting. Um, so J J Patrick Elias is number one in points with with a thousand twenty five points. Sure. And he's probably the only. Uh, well, no, he's definitely the only devil with a thousand points. Because um, after that, you get John McLean with seven hundred and one points. Right. Then Kirk Muller, we forget, maybe Kirk Muller. He was, yeah, Kirk Muller. He, was, he only had 600, oh, 520 points in his career, Kirk Muller. I would have guessed he had more than 520 points. Yeah, he was a combination, like, tough to play against guy, score occasionally. I never really, you know, 20 goal guy max, but not every year. And you remember, he got, he, he got traded in his mid-20s. I mean, he was. Yeah. And then Gomez with 484 points. Yeah, and Gomez was a really terrific scorer probably for like six years yeah and then, and then he started to go down incrementally i'll tell you a guy who was unheralded scoring but he only could never get off the fourth line so he would never have enough points would be john madden like he was yeah. definitely a devil yeah john madden, madden was, was was the captain of, of those teams um you know in a lot of ways like and it, it was officially yeah. like, i think for a while but but even when even when stevens was the captain i was i always got the impression that madden was the real captain of that team Gomez went down just in time to go to the Rangers. But I mean, I mean Gomez, Gomez did have eighty-point seasons. Like we can't take that away from him. Yeah, but but not many because he only had four hundred eighty-four points in his career. Right. Like, something that like for a guy that made about how many people have made as much money as Gomez have made on four hundred eighty-four points? I mean, that's like Wade Rudden. Darn significant. I mean, um, I mean, Niedermeyer is their fifth. Niedermeyer is their fifth leading scorer. Bobby Holik, David Clarkson. Where's Bobby Holik on the list? Holik is number six. Okay. Um, Aaron Bratton's number seven. He made a lot of money after that from yes. the same team that Scott Gomez made a lot of money from. And Aaron Bratton, who's really not even the best Bratton. Um, <laughs> now you're killing Aaron Bratton. No, I like Aaron Bratton. Queen he's Elizabeth, not, he's not Aaron Bratton. Bratton. I mean, he's, not, he's not the best Bratton. Neil Bratton was a way better Bratton. Um, I mean, I think that that's true, but you know, I don't know if I want to say way no, better. If your team has Aaron Broughton in the top ten of all-time scorers and has won as many Stanley Cups as they've won, they've won. That's just astonishing. I mean, I think like really, I mean, Travis Sajak is number eight in their all-time scorers. I, I was that's crazy. That was a, I wouldn't have realized he got that high already on the team. And Zach Parise is number ten. Yes, yeah, Parise. If he had stayed there, would have been the all-time guy. He's um, probably the most talented, right? Like um, I think Henrique has a chance to to be where Elias is. Yeah. Personally, personally, my favorite Broughton was Paul Broughton. <laughs> favorite Broughton was Paul Broughton? Yeah, I liked Paul Broughton, too. He was, especially in Stratomatic, I remember his card. Oh, you. boy, here we go. No, but um, all right, anyway, so Patrick Ilyas. And, you know, the one thing we always bring up, this funny story about the Devils, is, like, you know, Patrick Ilyas's number. At least this means probably that no, like, you know, like, guy out of juniors is going to wear Paul is going to wear Patrick Ilyash's number in preseason, right? That we, yeah. This, I remember, I remember when Niedermeyer was traded for us and sitting in the press box with you, and they cut the Flyers. It's a Flyers Devils preseason game in Trenton, I think, or something like that. And yeah. this guy skates on the ice with number twenty-seven, and I'm like, I what remember. the hell is that? I mean, Neil Niedermeyer's had once how many Stanley Cups? He was just moved out of here two months ago. But you know how Lou was. Lou oh was like, listen, every number. You know, everybody wears the crest. Numbers don't mean anything, and Lou would give out those numbers. I mean, I think he he must have forced him to because, like, what hockey player in their right mind would have taken number twenty-seven? Like, he must have he must have said, "You're going to wear number twenty-seven because I believe." No, I don't think so. You think no. a player? Oh, the trainer just handed it out. That's how they do it. 
If you don't all, ask for a number, the trainer just gives you a jersey. That's it. All, they, they, all, they, they, all, they just gave out number like you when you're given a trainer jersey, you're given like the number sixty two or something like that. Like you're not given number twenty seven. Someone was wearing sixty two. All, all I all I know is that it. All I know is that in Toronto, two of the greatest Maple Leafs wore number twenty seven. Pat uh, uh, Frank Mahovlich and and Daryl Sittler, and Harold Ballard. In, in in the in the late seven or in the eighties, after Sittler had been traded, I think they purposely gave twenty seven to Dave Semenko, John Cordick, and Miroslav Inachak. It was just like a it was like a, ba- a stab in the back to Mahovlich and to Sittler. Oh yeah, totally, 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 totally. Um, we all get too crazy about this numbers thing, though. We do. I mean, uh, number twenty seven. We found out last year is the highest scoring number in the NHL. So. We did find that out. Actually, the Devils have never had a number 62. There you go. There you go. That's why they didn't give it out. So the, look at these. These are these are the categories that Patrick Eliash leads in all time for the Devils. Ready? Yeah. Goals, assists, and points. So all three of them. Um, goals created. Um, even strength goals. Power play goals. Game winning goals. Shots. Shooting percentage. Hat tricks. Um, Oh, here's a you know, and you'll never guess. And oh, okay, adjusted goals, adjusted assists, adjusted points. Um, what are those exactly? Don't worry about that. That's to me, it's not even worth going anyway, into. Total goals on ice for, um, you know. So here you go. That's just it's just crazy. I mean, his stats. Now you will never in a million years guess the player um, who who has played. Who played for the Devils? Okay, and I don't even think of him as a Devil. Who, who leads the Devils in points per game? Points per game for the Devils. Uh, I don't know how many games? I mean, how many? I'm trying to find out how many games he played for the Devils. Hold on. Yeah, it'd be something if he played like 12 games, but right. Yeah, he may have. This is really. I don't even see him on here as playing for the Devils. Okay, so then don't even bother. It's really strange. Though. Why is he on here? I'm looking at his NHL things. Lanny, I'm sure Kovalchuk's pretty high because the seasons he had were really good. Right. Lanny McDonald, it lists as the number. No, that was with Colorado. That's why. That was that's with like, Colorado. Thank you. That's like saying Wendell Clark was a great Blackhawk. Come on. Lee <laughs> Kovalchuk, number four in points per game as a devil. Right, Mike? Did that? Did you cry when Wendell Clark yeah. was a Blackhawk? You did? Okay. Kurt Muller, <laughs> more points per game than Ilya Kovalchuk as a devil. Yeah, but he played a lot more. Yeah, points per game. I'm talking about oh, points. points per game. Okay. Kirk Muller, more points per game. That's surprising. Was he hurt a lot? Kirk Muller, I think he was hurt a lot, yeah. Yeah, that's probably why. It was, yeah, it's because let's look at him. I always like Kirk Muller, and of course he's a good guy. Me too. Guy. I sat next to him on the plane. Nice guy. He was hurt a lot as his career went on. Early in his career. Um, but not early in his career, though. I mean, no, not early in his career. He played like 80 games. He played a ton of games early in his career. But then from 94. Five on. Yeah, after it got to the Leafs. Yeah, it's, it, that, right. He was included yeah. in that in that three-way trade that ended up uh, resulting, I believe, in um, oh god, it was like it was a three-way trade between the between the Islanders and the Mont and the Montreal. Uh, yeah, I, no, Islanders and the Ottawa Senators. There you um, go. And it, Mueller ended up with the Leafs because you know he he was from Kingston, Ontario, like like Doug Gilmore was. But it just you know it it was late in his career, and he didn't have much left. Right. All right. So next up on the list of exciting things to talk about today, 
Well, let's let's talk about this because I think it. I think, what's that? New signing. Talk about. We yes. Do. Um, and that would be um another Minnesota Wild signing. Minnesota's resigned Michael Granlin to a three-year yeah. deal. Uh, three-year deal with uh, which is a short deal for Granlin. Um, with an AAV of five point seven five million. Yeah, that's a bridge deal. They don't have any big money to give them. Yeah. Well, they yeah. can't give him. They can't give him long term. I bet. Right. Okay, this is the thing. They can't give him long term money right now. They can give him long term money after the contract of somebody like Miku Koivu expires in a couple years. Right. I, maybe it's one or two years. But with those onerous contracts of Zach Parise and 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 Ryan Suter right now, I think that it it sort of cripples the Wild in terms of what they want to spend on other players. And you know maybe in a couple of years the, the the things are a little clear have been cleared up a little bit that they can extend Grandland and or you know if he if he starts to slip then they don't have to go that way. Are they still playing? Are they still still paying Backstrom's contract? No, it, it, he's a, he was a UFA. It, it okay. I didn't know if they bought him out or not. I couldn't remember. Oh, they couldn't because he was injured. That's right. 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 Um, and before we go on to the next thing, uh, Mike, you have there. I want to talk about. I want to show one thing here that I thought was kind of interesting. You know the jerseys are being made by Adidas, and um, that, that that is changing this year. And we haven't really seen all of them completely designed out as as any changes. And a lot of them aren't changing all that much. Although I do, there one change I really like in them. Someone told me this, um, and I haven't necessarily it's not really seen here. Um, and what I'm about to show you, but um, is that the logos are going to be larger than ever before. Um, the actual size of the logo is going to be bigger. Well, the, I mean that'll be that'll be interesting specifically to Toronto because last year when they changed the emblem, they made it bigger already. Maybe, you know, yeah, they, maybe I mean overall, I mean I think that maybe maybe they'll keep them where they were. Here's here's some here's some look. This we got the first look here. This is from NHL 18 site. So this is kind of like leaked out. Not really necessarily what they want to do, but they had like okay, here's the jerseys from NHL 18. Yeah, because they they they're already they're already in beta version. I actually just put up on Sportsology a. Um, a new video, so yeah, you're getting to see this stuff. Yeah, you're getting to see the jerseys. I like the Devils one. I'm gonna throw that out there right now. I do too. I think that's I think that's very hip and very. What I the one thing I like about the Devils that they have done, and they didn't do this in the beginning, um, but they went for a classic look. Like they, yeah. in the very beginning, their green one was sort of you know trying to be hip and modern for the time, but then they went to this, which is like this. I'm I'm a big fan of like the classic collegiate type look. And that's mm -hmm. what that's what this is. That's the Devils are. You know, the Islanders. I like the big orange band on the bottom. I like that. That's kind of cool. It's a little bit bigger, I think, than normal. Um, it looks bigger than normal. I I, I grant you that. You know, the Flyers band. I think I think all these bands on the bottom seem a oh, little. Oh, the Flyers band looks like a cummerbund. Yeah, it looks a lot bigger. I I heard someone told me the Flyers logo. Now the logo sizes on this might not be similar, but you know they may not be to scale. That's the problem with this. Yeah, but the, but I've heard they're going to be bigger, and I've heard the numbers are going to be larger as well, which is a really big, great thing for people like me who watch from the press box who want numbers bigger and clearer to read. Like I'm a, such a big fan of the winter of the new like oh, yeah. jerseys because you can see them so well. Um, Atlantic Division, you know, I, I the Panthers it looks alright. You know, it's it's kind of pretty cool. Um, I think I think the double the double the uh, triple line there with the Sabers does not look good. Triple line with the Sabers. That's yeah. I I have to agree with Mike on that. Not a big fan of that. Um, and then down area, and I, th I think you know Tampa's jersey is kind of like finally working. You know, for me, it took a while for Tampa's jersey to work 
they, they went through so many different iterations. Yeah, the Tampa jersey now looks really good. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is with this other Leafs jersey not existing here. It's pretty funny. Oh. It's just in gray. It's the road. Those are for the those are for the departed Leafs. It's the road. It's the road. It's the road grays. Is what it is. Pretty funny <laughs> with the road gray with nothing on it at all. Yes. Um, that'd be something. Um, then I think that's the jersey that Brandon <laughs> pressed wore a year ago. <laughs> it says a way jersey will be revealed at a later date. So, yeah, so there must be something cool about that, or something that they don't want to get out there right now because they're afraid people are going to freak out. Um, one or the other. Um, then I like the wild. I like the wild. Yeah, I like the wild a lot. Me too. Green I like one. I like the avalanche actually. Yeah, they're pretty. They look pretty good too. Um, it depends. If they don't have the bigfoot patch, then I don't like it on the side. I, I like, like the, the bigfoot, bigfoot patch. I'm with you 100 percent on that, Russ. Um, the predators one. I look the predators one. The predators need to be revealed later as well. Yeah, that looks good. I yeah, I really like this. I I do think that um, I want this not to be too yellow though. Like there's something about the predators mustard color that I like so much. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. The Predator has a real overbite problem. It looks worse than it than it used to be. Yes. Um, it I needs braces. It could possibly exist or eat with um, that small of a lower Yeah, drop. I don't think it's possible. I'm with you on that. This blue note is enormous. <laughs> the, pre the Predator needs an orthodontist. Yeah. We just say the Winnipeg Jets, they need to try harder. Um, I, to me, this, this jersey still doesn't it, it, I, I want I want the old Jets jerseys back so badly, I guess. But I, I like I like the home. I do not like the away. Yeah, I don't like the the light blue stripes on the. Yeah, other. I don't like that. Yeah, I like the stripes. I'm not a big fan of the Pacific Division. Um, I'm not a big fan. I like the Oilers. I think this is a step down. Like I thought, the Oilers orange that they had recently was pretty good. Although I think the Oilers need to go back to being blue. I don't. They like do need to go back to being blue. I don't like the orange. No, I think that they're that, you know. It looks like the Islanders. Yeah, there's only one can, orange team. Can 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 we can I, I wish the NHL would go back would go to what the American Hockey League is doing, and in the first half of the year they wear you know the the home oh, I like the this home, yeah the home team wears the light jersey and the road team wears the dark jersey. In the second half of the year they flip flop because I think it's disappointing to see like the road team always in the white jersey and the home team always in like the, for the Leafs, the dark blue or for the Sabres. It, it, it's really, it, it's really boring and annoying. And I, one of the things that was nice was you'd see all these different teams come in with the different color jerseys, red, yeah. or black or whatever. And you never get to see that anymore. Right? I agree with that. And, um, you know, and I was, okay. I want to say the one thing that I, I honestly do like more is the fact that we, and I never thought I'd be this way because I was totally against going to the home, the home, dark jerseys but i i've grown to like it like i've grown to like the fact that home jerseys are dark um because they usually are the more interesting jerseys our teams so For i think some are i mean i like the calgary away jersey better than i like the home jersey yeah the calgary away jersey is pretty nice um the um and then uh you know and the knights jersey so here's the funny thing about the knights jersey i have a friend who lives in vegas and he's a huge hockey fan and i and he had a birthday so i went online to try to order a, a you know Las Vegas Golden Knights jersey for him like I thought that'd be a fun thing to do you know what the heck you know and I wanted one for my studio too because I have a jersey collection over there so I'm like so I go online and you can't order them yet you still can't order them as of now really yeah you still can't order you can only get t-shirts um, or and hats um, they don't wow. have, jersey is not for sale 
Um, and they say that you put you have to put when you when you look for it, the best you can find on the NHL.com is it's something where you leave your email that tell it will tell you when it's available and it says it'll be made overseas and it'll be wow. later. And it won't be until like the middle of September at the earliest. All right, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and let everybody know I hate these Kings jerseys. Go back to the original. I hate yeah. I am not a fan. I don't like either one of them. And I and I know I'll get um, I know that I will get a disagreement from Eck, but I cannot stand the Orca uh, emblem for the Vancouver Canucks. Bring back the rink and the stick. <laughs> the rink and the stick. That was that's the cla- that's the classic. It is the classic Canucks. I think that would be a good idea. I'm with Mike on that one. No, if you're gonna do the Canucks jersey, you gotta do the giant. No. Not the V, not the ugly V. No, no. not the not the clown suit. Not the not, you know. Not, not that the, was the coolest jersey of all time. Those looked amazing when you saw them live. Big V things. They were so freaking ugly. Harold no, Schnepps looked like a court jester. I'm kind of with you on the. That's why Tiger Williams got into a lot of fights because people were making fun of his, his jersey. <laughs> right. Kind of with you on the Kings thing. Um, I, I get. I, mean, I think the Kings have like this jersey since they had the success in it. You know, has become their jersey. I mean, okay. If the King, we know that the Kings wanted to get away from the you know the Jerry Buss, L.A. Lakers comparison. They don't want to. The guy wanted to get away from the purple and the gold. But honestly, I mean, the only memories I have that are pleasant of the L.A. Kings is the Triple Crown line and back in the seventies and the eighties right. with them wearing purple and gold. Cups in these jerseys. <laughs> Well, so what? So I mean, what? That, those are good memories. I mean, you know, I, I think that, I mean, what's funny is that they've never retro gone back to the Gretzky jersey. Well, that's the thing. I would love to see Kopitar in a retro jersey. Like, I think it would be great. <laughs> I've seen, I mean, and, and the, they wear the gold ones, and they wear this, they wear the, uh, there will be no third jerseys this year, right? So that's. Right. That's kind of sad in a lot of ways. That's eh, all right. I mean, I do like the, I do like the, their third jerseys a lot, which were the old either the purple or the, and they wear the yellow sometimes too. And those are cool. You know, I do like the fact that Predators the only yellow team right now. I think that's kind of cool. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm funny. It's funny. I, the Vancouver thing, I compl- I don't love this jersey. I'm agreeing with you 100%. Like, I don't think this is the best jersey. I like the road one better than the home regardless. Bring back yeah. the rink. Bring back the rink. The rink one is so terrible, though. It's that, not. That, that logo is so invented by I gotta re look at the old jersey. Hold on, I gotta it look is, at that. It is great. I love it. Oh, I no. absolutely love it. No, it isn't. I mean I'll bring it up. I'll bring up the Vancouver Conduct jersey here one second. This is like, yeah, completely no, it's it was totally ridiculous. I mean that was a completely ridiculous jersey for such a long time. Um anyway, oh man, I think so I thought it was classic. Well I, while you're looking that up the, the um I thought the more important signing of yesterday was the Carolina Hurricanes locking up Brett uh, Pesci, yeah. the defenseman, uh, six-year contract making a little over $4 million. And as soon as I saw that, and I was writing my blog at the time, and it, you know, not everything has to do with the Leafs, but the Leafs being one of the few teams out there that I think you know, are looking to add a what I would say is a top-four defenseman. If, they're, you know, if Lou Lamarillo is still in that pursuit, which I think they are, he he should look to Carolina because look at this is Carolina's situation right now. Justin Falk is under contract for another three years at four point eight million dollars. They they've just signed uh, Slavin for seven years, making five point three. Now they've extended Pesci. Um, so after this year, you've got three defensemen making over four million dollars. You will have Noah Hannafin as an RFA. You will have 
uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk as an RFA, and you will also have two first-round picks in Jake Bean and Hayden Fleury in the pipeline. That tells me you've got too many defensemen. And now you can never have too many defensemen. You can say that. Right, that's the thing. They're going to have control over all of them. They're going to have control over all of them. Except uh, for Van Riemsdyk, they could let him go. Right, but and the, why would they? They, they? they traded for him because he was Pesci's defensive partner in college, and they and they like him. And, and they, the, there's something about Blackhawks with the with the or with the Hurricanes. There but but this is but this is the thing. Yes, you can control all of them. But what is the best way for you to add a a goal scoring forward? Which is, I think, the difference between them being a non playoff team and a playoff team, and that's getting a defenseman. That, that's a, that's a team like Toronto. And other few other teams out there who are who are loaded at forward and need defense. So I, I, I I'm gonna make I'm gonna put up my uh, Karnak hat my my prediction hat on and say that within 12 months you're gonna see Falk or you're gonna see Hannafin dealt because I, I think, think so. I think they're just gonna sign Hannafin to a uh, bridge deal. Well, Same they could, I'm talking about as an asset, Ross. I mean, yes, they they can they can do a Truba with him. They can lock him up on a bridge deal. But you know, okay. You've locked up two other guys on long-term deals, and now this guy, you're, he's going to be on the track where he's going to be a free agent at 25 years old. It's, it's, better, it's better for him, and it's better for them if they get that, you know. That yeah, but, money. you know, like here's the thing. Like if I'm looking at it, they may let Falk just ride out his deal because when he rides out his deal, then Bean will truly be ready. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I mean, I think I, – I don't think you're going to see a lot of movement out of them. I just don't. Yeah, I kind of agree. I kind of agree with Russ. Yeah, I, I, I think you are. I think you are going to see movement out of them because the, that team wants to make the playoffs. I think they need to make the playoffs in the next couple of years for for revenue reasons more than anything. And if you look at their forward complement, they've gotten better. They have Aho, they have Teravainen, Lindholm, you know, uh, Stahl and Skinner, but they're 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 missing that one. Big score. You know, if it's a scoring well, winger, Watt or could be that guy. Jeremy Waugh was dynamic in the. Uh, yeah, but that, that's he's as far away as Bean is. No, he's, he's not. No, 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 no. He's much closer. He's already like three years in in juniors, and he's big and he's powerful. No, he's. Well, I, I'm not saying that's not a positive. I'm I'm saying somebody established. I mean, they went out and they spent money to sign Justin Williams. Okay, that that shows to me that they they were desperate for offense. But I think they need on top of that, they need. You know, a Matt Duchesne or, you know, or a James Van Riemsdyk or something of that, someone of that ilk to come in and be like on their top line or on their second line and provide offense. Because if they get another score, I think that team in a very tough Metro division is a playoff team. I really do. But mm-hmm. I think that the price that they're going to have to pay. Nicholas, well, I get the two, two of them mixed up. Yeah, the, the price that the price that they're going to have to pay is probably trading one of those defensemen, whether it be one of the young ones, or whether it be a guy like Falk, uh, who's got a couple years, three years left in his deal, or Hannafin, who is a big, you know, a very big prospect. You know, that's the price you're going to have to pay to get guaranteed offense. And I think that yeah, actually, that, Mike, just to update it, sorry, Nikolai Wa. Finished out juniors now. He's definitely playing for Charlotte at the minimum yep. this year, and he's six four two zero seven. Like he, he's like a year away. Right, and Russ. I'm, I'm not saying he's not going to make the NHL. I'm just, not, I'm saying, you know, there's no guarantee he's going to be the big goal scorer that they're looking for. Well, he had thirty six forty. He had thirty six goals and forty eight goals in juniors. Yeah, great right in the world juniors. He had three goals there, and he's 
a massive center. Like, I just think I, I, it's possible, I think, but I'm saying it's just. I don't think they're dealing for it. I think I don't think so. Okay. All right, all this is very important, but this is more important. All right, so here's the Canucks jerseys through time. Um, all right, so so we can check this out here. The best, the best one is on the best woman is on the bot is on the bottom left, and the yeah. yeah that one is great, and then the one in the top left is just yeah the bottom left is the right one. It's the best one. I didn't mind the one during the Pavel Bory era, but it was a little like dinerish. It looked like a diner neon sign. Yeah, the the, ab, the absolute worst one is the one on the bottom right, the red and black with the with the orange. Yeah, that, that I don't know. I actually think the worst one is three from the top on the right. This reddish one that has that's bad. The V, the flying V, is the worst. Yeah. Awesome. That, that, that that's that, that's court jester material. The the the, no, the yellow one with the V is is horrific. No, the flying V was amazing, and you Tut, completely Tut. wrong. Thomas Thomas Gradeen and Stan Smeals should sue the Vancouver Canucks for 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 uh, damage to their psyche for having to wear that jersey. Not at all. You're totally wrong. I mean, look at this. I want to show you something. This is impressive. Ready? Right? This this is this. Is, look at this for a team picture. Tell me this doesn't get your attention. Ready? Here it comes. Bam. This is a team picture. Yeah, that's yeah. like when your when your mother shows that picture of you when you were in first grade wearing a turtleneck. And you're wondering why am I wearing a turtleneck? Why do I look like a sailor? Like this is the—it's a horrific picture. So seventies though. Horrible. It was really seventies that really encapsulated that. Look at those pants! Come on. I know the pants are uh, equally amazing. I know. Yeah, I totally agree. I, you know, I'm just saying. I wouldn't wear that for Halloween. <laughs> All right. Well, let's answer a question from our viewers on YouTube. Let's not and say we did. We had now. We're going to go to YouTube. Um. <laughs> Because someone actually starts out, starts out a comment in the, in a way that's never been started up before on YouTube. Okay. Hey, loser. I agree with you, Eck. They say. <laughs> <laughs> just by just let's just let's just say this. this is, when I saw this, I'm like, you know, I get notifications when comments are made on YouTube. Of course, they show up on my phone or different places. And when I see, I agree with you, Eck. I'm like, right on, man. <laughs> Thank you. Even a broken clock is right twice uh, a day. <laughs> But even if they say I agree with you and then kill you, you're okay with that? No, they don't. They don't kill me. Larry, here we go. Ready? Sometimes people do that. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> now I'm, I'm highlighting this comment as a. I'm giving a big thumbs up to this comment right now. I like this comment. All right. Um. All right. I agree with you, Eck. They should use the offer sheets. It would make things more interesting. Unfortunately mm -hmm. and realistically, though, they weigh risk benefit, and most of the time, there's no benefit because the sheets are matched. The risk is too great. Holmgren himself said that one of the reasons he agreed to move up to the president's job was because the other GMs had some negative feelings for him for trying to get Weber. Poyle didn't have to be the one that retaliated. It's every it's everyone else that was the problem. Um, no one wanted to deal with Holmgren. I even heard a rumor that that when Vinny LeCavier Le was still here, there was a potential deal to send him to Nashville to play for Lobby, and Poyle shot it down because he didn't want to help the Flyers cap situation due to Holmgren having damaged the Preds. I'm not sure if this is true or not, but it would make some sense. Um, I have no idea. I don't think that's true, Brandon. I do know that that deal was there. There was definitely discussed at a point. There was no question about that. There was stuff um, going on to extend possibly Vinny to Nashville, but I don't think it had anything. I don't. I don't really don't think. I mean, Poyle is not a vindictive type um, either. So, like of all the of all the GMs, you know, I don't think he's the guy you have to worry about. I mean, I'm, I'm listen. I, I I've said for all the reasons that you said there, you're absolutely right. I agree with you as well. And, 
and it wouldn't right. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the first time that the that the Predators took a, an an injury prone over the hill center from right. the Flyers. Right, that's true. So you know, we'll see what happens, but in the future, in the future, maybe be, I mean, I don't know that Paul Holmgren stepped. I, I think I don't think it had anything to do with Paul Holmgren stepping up. I don't think that. I, I think uh, he had yeah. so people respect Homer big time throughout the league. They trust him. And here's the thing: I don't think it was Paul Holmgren who came up with the idea to get Shea Weber. I think it was people who managed the cap. I totally agree with you. Nashville's cap that said, "Hey, there's an opportunity here." That's what really happened, I believe. I think this was Ed Snyder saying, go get Shea Weber, because Chris Pronger... Yeah, but somebody had to bring it to his attention. Ed Snyder's not looking out, knowing where people's contracts are. Someone else brought it to his attention. Someone brought it to his attention, sure, but it wouldn't take a lot to bring it to his attention. No. The same same guy who brought Ilya Brzezgalov to his attention. Stop it. Stop (laughs) it. No, but I mean, I think think for sure, you know, I mean, the difference, uh, you know, as, as close as all these, and as respected as all these people are, I remember Poyle, you know, he grew up around the Flyers. Yeah, like Bud Poyle was a general manager of the Flyers early on in in their existence. So when you talk to David, I've talked to David Poyle about this before. He'll talk to you about his how great his day, how great his memory is of running around the spectrum and being with the Flyers early in his life, and how he really wanted the Predators to be modeled after the Flyers, and that's how he sees it. So um, I don't think that this, but and you know, and as much as Ed Snyder was respected, Ed Snyder would not miss a trick if it meant something that could benefit the Flyers. There's no. No, that's true. I mean, that's. Hundred percent, grant that you're right. Yeah, yeah he like did. Someone he, brought it to his attention, like right. I mean, if there was a if there was a you know loophole, he loved. He and Bobby Clark loved loopholes. They loved yeah. finding them, and to them, they, I think the RFA Aubrey thing was a big loophole, and that's how they saw it. They're like, here's a loophole. Well, they, tr- they brought Shea Weber into Philly. Shea Weber had a great experience here. He signed the Aubrey. This was not just like a fake thing. This this was. They, oh no, it wasn't a fake thing. They really thought they could get him. He wanted yes. to come here. Um, all those are 100% true. They also wanted to keep him away from the Rangers. That's 100% true as well. Yeah, but they weren't doing it just to inflate Nashville's price. They didn't do that. I really don't think so. But at the same time, I mean, they. I mean, the, the $25 million up front. Well, they, they knew that, hey, this could be a deal that they can't afford. But yeah. they didn't go out to make this deal by saying – Let's screw Nashville. No, they wanted the player. That's what they no, wanted. They, I mean, the, or, the the Flyers organization had done that in the past. They did it with Ryan Kessler years back. So, you know, they, 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 they did it with Chris Gratton, if you remember. And then they tried. But yeah. then with Chris Gratton, they ended up. Um, I, I, I love I the theory behind that, though, because remember, Chris Gratton played against Eric Lindros in a playoff series, Philadelphia versus Tampa. And Gratton had, was one of the only people who could neutralize Lindros in the or was effective against him because he was a big-bodied center like Lindros was. So Bobby Clark decided, okay, I'm going to sign this guy, and he wasn't that good. Chris Gratton was never that good of a player. Yeah, Chris Gratton had was signed for way too much money. He had a really not a great Philadelphia career at all. Um, no. And then he ended up going back to Tampa. Yeah, for all the hoopla that was around him. But you remember the Flyers traded. They ended up trading for him, and they ended up giving him after, even after the deal was done, they ended up giving him other players because they the NHL sort of said you have to. Yeah. Where the compensation was all figured out for RFAs yeah. and everything like that. Well, that's yeah, and that there was another another transaction that was sort of like that too. Uh, the the Leafs found a uh, found a some sort of loophole and signed Dmitry Kristich away from the Boston Bruins. Yeah. And they ended up having to get ended up having to give them. There was no compensation needed, but they ended up giving them a second round pick. Anyway, and then they had to cut a player, and the guy who they cut, 
who got picked up by another team was actually better, had a better career in the NHL than Dmitry Kristich. Yeah, Sullivan. but Mike, you got pissed off when the guy did that in your fantasy baseball league. <laughs> hockey, fantasy hockey. Uh, it was fantasy hockey. Okay. But if you remember with the Chris Gratton, didn't they end up the Flyers end up having to sign, send Michael Renberg the other way? Yeah. Renberg was Gratton trade. Right. Which was well, crazy because he's part of the Legion of Doom line. Right. Well, remember, under, under, like, I mean, under certain under previous CBAs, compensation was not just draft picks, or it could be it could be players. I mean, right. wasn't, wasn't the compensation for Brendan Shanahan, Scott Stevens, wasn't right. it that? So, I mean, that that's look compensation for the Rangers and Michelle Bergeron was a first round pick. Right. They had right. to get him a first round pick. Right, that's true. So yeah, so that's a crazy. But appreciate. Um, feel free to comment, like, subscribe um, on YouTube. We really only nice comments. Keep it nice. Oh, they can be what you feel. We're not going to read not nice comments um, on the air for sure. Um, yeah, you we're not limiting your not nice. We're not limiting your freedom of expression. We're just limiting. Yeah, I know. The fact that our, we, you know, you have you have the freedom. You have you have freedom of expression. You just don't. We don't. You don't have freedom to be mentioned on a podcast. Right. So, um, this is a positive show. Just like we always say, there's freedom of the press, but not freedom of credentialing. Yeah. Um, that's been a comment. <laughs> We've known that for years, right? So, you know, team, can, team, team can't stop you from writing about them, but they can stop you from having access to them. Um, you know, but yeah, we'll, that's all we'll say about that. Um, remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>